Who's that? It's the real estate deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx. Oh, hi. Come on in. Kevin Lawton, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker Schiavonian Associates, is ready to help you navigate the real estate market. Whether you're buying, selling, renting, or investing, Kevin's your agent on the airwaves to help. He's your guide to buying and selling homes in the Mercer and Burlington County area. The real estate deal on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Brad Zerby and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. Let's go over to our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton, with the real estate deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx. The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Clarney's Public House Studios at Reiner University, you're listening to The Real Estate Deal. I am your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coto Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. You can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Uh, there you can find all kinds of other information about today's show, uh, previous shows, and other real estate happenings uh, in my life as well. Um, so definitely head over there, check it out, um, like the page to follow along, and uh, take a look at what's going on there. Uh, you can also email the show, realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. Uh, email us. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, if you have any questions about today's topics or previous topics of the show. Uh, also, if you have anything that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, I'd be happy to uh, build a show around your requested topic. Um, happy to do that. I'm sure other listeners would benefit from that as well. So feel free to reach out. Uh, real estate deal at rider.edu. You can also check out every single episode of uh, the real estate deal on 1077thebronc.com. Just head to the real estate deal page and check out the audio archives. There is every single episode that's ever been recorded and broadcasted of the real estate deal uh, right there for you to consume uh, and reference at any point. And if there's anything that you're looking for specifically, uh, regarding a real estate transaction that you might be involved in or that you might be getting into, uh, I am pretty sure I could say mm, probably with like a 95% confidence level that there is something addressing what you're running into uh, within those archives. Um, and if you have a question about a specific one, uh, feel free to reach out, realestatedeal at rider.edu, and I can send you which show and also uh, answer your question personally as well. Um, so welcome to the show, Real Estate Deal, new show, uh, last show of the year, 2019, last show of the decade, actually. Um, so definitely happy to be here. Uh, last w weekend, we had uh, holiday music playing instead on 107.7 The Bronx. Um, so happy to be back, and I hope you guys had a great holiday. I um, hope you're getting ready to have a safe New Year's. Uh, and if it is New Year's, maybe a new year, new house, new decade, new house, maybe. Um, if that's the case, then definitely reach out to me. Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook, as I said before, or email realestatedeal at rider.edu. 
and uh, we'll talk about what this year has in store for you. Um, so holiday was good for me. Uh, I actually got my son a bunk bed. Um, so he'd been asking for, and I only have one kid, right? So everybody had been telling that I getting him a bunk bed. They said, well, who's going to sleep on the other one? I said, I don't know. Uh, he just wants to sleep on the top bunk. So, uh, I guess it's nice, you know, to have a kid and, or be a kid and, uh, you know, get the things that you want, uh, just because I guess you want them. Uh, you know, I remember those days and I guess I wish I still had them sometimes. Um, but definitely a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys had a good Christmas, uh, or whatever holiday you might celebrate as well. Um, also I wanted to just point out that the bunk bed actually, I think is an interesting way to free up some space in a room. Um, especially if you have two kids sharing a room, uh, because it makes the room look like there's more space instead of having two beds crammed in there. Actually, when I bought my house, they had two twin beds side by side in the room and the first impression was that the room is really really small but you know liked everything else about the house so ended up moving forward and then once the beds were moved out of there uh we realized that the room was not as small as we thought it was um because of those two beds in there it was like it was the way it was laid out with the furniture and everything it seemed like there was not enough room to move around so so if you have two beds i think a good option is a bunk bed and i'll say like you know, uh, I'll see, I post like a picture of the bunk bed on Facebook or something. And so you guys can check it out, but it's like a very modern mid-century kind of style, um, bunk bed we got from Overstock. Um, so there's a lot of different styles out there now. And I think, uh, there's definitely something that can, uh, fit the look of your decor as well. Um, so new year, new house talking about, so it is a great time to actually think about that still, because you guessed it, talk about this every week. Uh, mortgage rates are still incredibly low um, at 3.73% is the national average for a 30-year mortgage rate. Uh, you guys may remember our last new episode uh, two weeks ago um, was at 3.68. So it's slightly higher, um, but still pretty much the same. Um, it's still a really good time to take advantage of that. Um, we're going to talk a little later about credit scores as well. Um, on the national average of credit scores and uh, how people are able to utilize those to get the best rate that they can get. Um, but I actually ran into um, someone I know uh, this past week and they were actually asking me that they, their mortgage company was trying to help them refinance um, their house. And I was, I was a little surprised because they bought their house just a little bit more than a year ago. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, really You're trying to refinance some, you know, what was your original rate? Um, and just over a year ago, their rate was, uh, I think it was like 4.4.5 or something like that. Somewhere, somewhere in that range, 4.25 to 4.5. Um, and so they had about 28 years left in their 30 year mortgage. Um, they wanted to refinance them to a 30-year mortgage at, I think it was like 3.54. Um, so I told them, you know, I think that that's a good deal, definitely. And we looked at it, calculated it, because they were concerned and obviously hung up on the idea of having to pay another two years again, right? They just, so they're, they're thinking and the way that they were looking at it was, 
okay, I just paid down almost two years of my mortgage. And now you're telling me that I'm going to have to pay another two years. So essentially I'm paying for like 32 years, even though it's a 30 year mortgage. Um, but when we broke it down and looked at the interest payments over that time, uh, using uh, amortization calculator, uh, we we're actually able to see and, you know, it proved out that the refinance was a better deal um, over time they would actually end up paying less because of that interest rate difference and the interest rate would be less money um overall so they would pay less in interest uh, same on principal obviously and less on interest throughout those 30 years than they would on the remaining 28 years of their original mortgage um, so, you know, it's not just a message for buyers to look because of the interest rate. Um, you know, it's homeowners too as well. And, you know, just that example of just a year ago already being able to save money like that uh, is a huge deal, I think. And, you know, I think when you start to look at, you know, securing um, yourself financially uh, and looking at your expenses and where can you start to get more money and save money, you know, you look at your monthly expenses and how you can reduce them. And certainly your mortgage payment is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, could be taxes because we live in New Jersey. Um, but uh, I would imagine it's one of the biggest monthly expenses you have and any chance to reduce that a little bit is something that can uh, free you up a little more financially um, and give you some more flexibility. So it definitely puts you in a better position uh, for the long term. So definitely take a look at that, um, even if you just recently bought um, within a year or two, I think you can see a difference um, and based just on that example. And that is definitely a real life, um, real world example. So um, so definitely take a look and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can really fully take advantage of the lowest mortgage rate uh, interest uh, as possible in the next segment too. So take a look at that. Uh, so last time we talked, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about mortgage rates, um, which I think is really important. I know I'm talking about them and talking about them, but I really want to drive the point home that, you know, rates are really low right now. So you should take advantage of them. Um, and what we talked about then was actually the effects they're having. So, so we actually saw where inventory is decreasing again because demand is rising. Um, and millennials are recognizing the advantage of buying now because of the interest rates. So they're starting to get more aggressive in the market. And first time buyers are also on the rise because just as the example with the refinance, um, that less amount of interest is making the monthly payments smaller, which means that it's becoming more affordable to own homes. Uh, it's more affordable to borrow the money. So people are able to now start to look at buying that first home. Uh, the other thing we discussed was increased foot traffic in the fall as well. Um, so as we look at that, and we'll talk a little later too about uh, how January is looking to be a pretty strong month in comparison to prior, um, and kind of how that's kind of historically been trending in that direction too uh, later in today's show. And we also talked about neighbors, and we talked about how important it is to Americans who are surveyed um, to have a good neighbor. Um, we also talked about uh, nightmare neighbors and how common it is for people to think that they have a difficult neighbor um, next to them. So we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, but we're going to jump into our first break of the day. 
We're going to hear from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Coldwell Banker Schiavone and Associates. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Clarney's Public House Studios at Ryder University, you're listening to The Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone & Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington Counties. You can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Uh, you find more information about today's show and links to articles I'm referencing um, and more details as well. You can also find more information about previous shows there and other real estate happenings too. You can also check out The Real Estate Deal on Facebook. Just search for The Real Estate Deal. Uh, there you can get notifications about when new shows are going live. Uh, you can also get some insights into previous shows as well. Um, so definitely check it out. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to say about the show or topics on today's show or topics on previous shows, uh, just email us realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. So welcome back to the show. Uh, I was harping a little bit on mortgage rates in the last segment, in the beginning of the show there. Um, but for good reason, because they are historically low. So need to take advantage. Um, but one way that you can fully take advantage of these interest rates. So you have to remember that the average is 3.73%, right? For 30 year mortgages. But that doesn't mean that everyone automatically gets 3.73%. The better financial health you are in, um, the better rate that you will get. And one of the big factors, as we've learned on previous shows, um, talking about mortgages with uh, Brad Zerby and just talking about them in general is huge factor is credit score. Um, so credit score is a big, big deal when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage and getting the best possible mortgage you can. Um, not only is it a factor in getting a lower interest rate, but it's also a factor in qualifying to get approved for a higher loan. Um, so it gives you a lot of power and a lot of times you hear that credit score is tied to your buying power. Um, but there's good news because the average credit score in the country uh, is actually at its highest in eight years, um, which is, I think is a great thing because, and I think that I can see in a way why I think if you look at the last eight years where we've come from in terms of like, I guess the internet and how information is delivered and we look at social media and everybody that's out there creating content. Uh, I think financial education and information is easier digested through people that are creating content, talking about these different types of things. I mean, uh, you know, if you're on going Instagram or anything like that, like you see posts all the time talking about different financial tips, at least 
I see them. I guess it depends on how you've uh, triggered your algorithm. But anyway, I think there's a lot of stuff out there. It's more accessible. And not only is it more accessible, but it's more digestible, I think, than previously. Um, you know, if you try to explain this in, I guess, the pre-totally digital age, uh, it didn't always sink in because it's it was in like such like a textbook way, I would say, um, which is not always the best way for people to learn. So I think people are becoming more conscious of that and they're starting to understand these different things. Um, and I think that's contributing to the average lifting back up. Um, and so if you're curious, the average throughout the country, uh, 682 credit score. Um, that's the highest since 2011. Uh, it's two points higher than last year at this time. Um, so it's definitely on the rise. Uh, I think that is good. Uh, it's definitely good. And it's just indicating in general that, um, Americans overall, they're being smarter about their credit. And I think they're being smarter because they realize um, the implica implications of having bad credit. And, you know, we see where all these things happened in like 2008, where the real estate market tanked. Um, a lot of people lost their houses, went through foreclosures, all those different types of things. And that hurts your credit score. And I think people saw that. And they realize that, you know, they don't want that to happen to them, um, especially maybe younger people who are now in that point in their life where they need credit to either finance a car or use a credit card or get a mortgage um, for a house. And they see maybe what happened in the past to maybe a family member, a friend's family member, or something like that. They don't want that to happen to them. Um, the other thing, too, to think about to contribute as I'm uh, talking about that is that you know foreclosures uh stay on your credit report uh for a certain period of time and so at this point since that 2008 time uh anybody that was foreclosed upon in that time span um should pretty much be at the point where it's getting cleared from the credit report um so there is that difference as well um but what's interesting though to note is that credit card balances and debt overall are actually up and increasing but what's happening is that the credit utilization rate uh is staying consistent which is the key to increasing the credit score because credit utilization looks at um it looks at how much of your credit are you using and i've talked about this on the show before um so I read about it in this book um, called I Will Teach You How to Be Rich. And I talked about the book before, um, specifically about this point, because when I read the book, and I will say that, and speaking of you know financial education and information being more digestible, um, that book is super digestible. Um, and it's by a guy named, uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but... Uh, Ramit Sethi, uh, and I'll try and post a link on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Um, but not only is it uh, digestible, but it's super helpful. And 
the stuff that he says to do, uh, it works and it works out. And the title is like super gimmicky. I will teach you how to be rich, but it's not like a gimmicky kind of book like that. Um, the title actually he talks about in the book is like a more of like a joke kind of title um, in that sense. So, so the one thing, um, and I did this like right right away to see if it would work. So basically, you know, your credit utilization looks at how much of your credit you're using. So say, say my credit limit is $100 and I use $10 of that $100. So that's 10% credit utilization. I'm using 10% of my credit. So anytime you start to get above 30% credit utilization, that's when your credit score starts to dip from that. But the lower you keep your utilization, the better. So overall, the country is keeping that utilization rate consistent, meaning that they're keeping it lower, even though debts are increasing. So that means that they're using financial vehicles like mortgages and things like that more responsibly. And they're paying and keeping up with their payments and their debts. Um, in other words, they're not piling up, so the utilization isn't rising. Um, so the tip and the thing that I actually got from that book around utilization is go to whatever credit card you have now, whether you have one, two, three, a couple, um, you know, hopefully you don't have like five, six or anything like that. Um, but if you do go to them and just simply ask for them to raise your credit limit. And that doesn't mean if they do that, you should put more on your credit card. It means that you should continue to put on your credit card what you put on your credit card and your utilization will be lower because now your credit limit is higher. Um, and I will say since I read that book, I probably read that book last year in November, I think, because uh, I remember I bought it for a bunch of my friends for um, for Christmas as a Christmas gift. I sent it to them because I thought it was really, really helpful. Um, and... I did that right away and I did have a discover card and I went on discover.com increased uh, credit increase and they increased it like overnight. Um, it was almost instant and right away. I mean, it helped my utilization and then I requested maybe a couple months ago uh, as well and it went up again. So it helped my utilization even more. Um, and you know, I will say, I'm not going to say what my credit score is, but it's, uh, it's very, very good. And I will say that I see the difference and one of the contributing factors that I see on the credit report is because the utilization is so good. So it's really important um, to take that into consideration because the higher credit score, the better interest rate you will get. You'll get the lower interest rate and you'll be able to take full advantage of what you have right now. So if you have any questions about your credit score, how to make it better, anything like that, um, you can email realestatedeal at rider.edu. Um, if I can answer it, I'll answer it. Um, if not, I will point you in the direction of somebody that can really help you. Um, and Brad Zerby, he's, he's a good guy for that. And he has somebody that he works with too. Um, I forget his name off the top of my head, but uh, I will point you in that direction. So really, really important to keep in mind. Um, so we're going to go into our second break of the day. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Photo Banker, Schiavone and Associates. Then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. 
There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times, because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Clarney's Public House Studios at Ryder University, you're listening to The Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone & Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington Counties. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. You can email the show realestatedeal at rider.edu. And you can always listen to this episode or any other episode at any time ever again. And just go to 1077thebronc.com, head to the Real Estate Deal page, and check out the audio archive. That's uh, every show ever uh, of the Real Estate Deal. And as we go into 2020, uh, I think that'll be three years of the real estate deal. Um, so hard to believe, um, but definitely a lot of information out there um, that's very interesting, I think, and uh, answers a lot of common questions about real estate in general and real estate transactions. And definitely, I think, can help guide you in some situations. Um, and if there are any situations you find yourself in and you want second opinion, even if you have another real estate agent, feel free, um, to reach out. Happy to answer a question, um, you know, with no strings attached. So just email realestatedeal at rider.edu. Um, you know, I think it's really important just, uh, as I mentioned that, that, you know, originally started out to do this show. Uh, just to educate and help people understand the process more. So that's really, really important to me. So if there's anything that you feel like uh, haven't covered yet, if you've been a listener since the beginning, if you've been a listener since the beginning, thank you. I love you. Um, you can email me realestatedeal at rider.edu and maybe I get you something special. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's anything that you haven't heard on the show, um, even if you just started listening last week and you have a question about it, just email realestatedeal at rider.edu and I'd be happy to answer that. Uh, so we just, we're talking about credit scores, um, and getting into credit utilization and, um, how credit scores are rising across the country, which is definitely a good thing. Um, uh, it's a good thing because it gives people more buying power and it definitely can help to, uh, stimulate the economy, especially housing market a little more. Um, but it's important for you because if you want to get a lower interest rate, um, highest credit score will definitely get you the lowest possible. So just check that out. And, um, we're going to talk a little bit now, uh, I mentioned actually in the last segment about how, uh, foreclosure can affect your credit score. Um, so actually going to talk a little bit about foreclosures and I think foreclosures have kind of lost um the attention that they once had and that's because foreclosures um, nationally are decreasing and lowering um there was a lot of time there where foreclosures were a big deal because i think there were just so many of them and there were so many stories that people were getting great deals from buying foreclosures and this and that whole thing 
um, which was not always the case. Um, certainly, there was a lot of opportunity to do that. Um, but down 6% um, from last year, foreclosures in total, um, which is a good thing, definitely, for the housing market and just a good sign for our economy as a whole, um, especially as it shows not only that less people are getting foreclosed upon, but it's also showing that um, there are more people that are able to purchase homes because they're obviously buying those up. Um, so overall, uh, in the country, 49,898 properties, um, as foreclosures. Um, but there was an article from realtor.com actually looking at what are the top 10 counties, uh, in the country still for foreclosures, because there's still pockets of the country, of course, where foreclosure is still more, um, happening more and more foreclosed upon properties are becoming available in certain areas as well um, and i want to talk about this because the interesting thing is that of those 10 counties um five of them so 50 percent of them are in new jersey and those are cumberland uh, gloucester sussex camden and warren counties so kind of all over the state um you know obviously camden county there's been trouble there um in terms of you know kind of a resurgence trying to happen in camden similar to um the trenton area um and they're putting some efforts in there and i th see people investing um definitely in properties there um and putting up rentals and stuff and so so there's definitely opportunity there um but i think what's interesting here is as you look at the mix of different counties um you know, there's certainly still opportunities out there, not only for investors, but uh, also those people just looking to buy a house for themselves too, um, within these foreclosed properties. And New Jersey, being so expensive, uh, the opportunity to save money on buying a foreclosed property carries, I think, probably a little more weight than some other states where real estate is not as expensive. So, so it can make a difference for sure. Um, and I think that the other thing to remember too is from an investor standpoint is that, you know, these areas where there's more foreclosed properties, um, economically have probably be, been hit a little harder and that's why there's so many more foreclosed properties. Um, so in that sense, it takes a little longer for those areas to recover. So if you think about it, there's going to be probably a higher demand in some cases uh, for rental properties. And like we talked about in previous shows that single family rentals uh, specifically have become uh, higher and higher demand um, and demand has been on the rise. So there's opportunities there, I think, for investors to get these single family foreclosed upon properties and then turn them into rental properties and build up a pretty decent portfolio and with getting good value um, for the property because it's foreclosed upon. So really interesting. And I think that it's something to look at, um, but you need to be pretty savvy, I think, to be able to work that deal. And I've talked about foreclosures before in the show. Um, they can be definitely a little difficult to deal with from a buying standpoint because you're dealing with the bank and the bank can be difficult in general. Some banks are easy to deal with. Some are not, um, you know, it's just like every other business and 
companies out there. Um, every company is a little different in the way they do things. So, you know, there's times where, you know, foreclosed upon properties are either going to auction or anything like that. Um, but, you know, every time it's got to run through the bank because the bank essentially owns property. So, you know, the bank has to, is the one that has to approve. Um, and they can be quite firm sometimes on what they're expecting to get out of the house. And I think for the most part, and you see it, you know, properties will sit vacant and they have the little tag on them, you know, that says that they've been foreclosed upon. And then you see like the other little tag that says somebody's checking on it. Um, but, you know, to banks, I don't think that they necessarily have a sense of urgency in selling those properties. So it can get a little difficult at times because, you know, you're trying to negotiate a little bit, but they don't necessarily have a super large motivation to negotiate like when you do when you're a buyer. So, so they can be, I think a little firm just because they can, I would say, and they've probably already been holding the property for some time. So to hold it a little longer, I guess, you know, what's the big deal to them. But, um, I think a little bit of that is changing though. Um, especially as we talked about a couple of shows ago, how, um, I think it was chase bank. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong bank, but um, it was a bigger bank were fined because it was found that they were holding on to foreclosures too long without trying to market them and sell them. So, so I think that was a step in the right direction um, to get banks moving on those properties because I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think that banks should be just holding on to foreclosed properties. I think they should be trying to um, turn them over quickly because you know it's better for the housing market in general to get that inventory out there um and i think it's you know better for the economy as a whole because it gives more opportunity um for now people to buy those properties and it's also better for the area too um that it's in because vacant properties are just they detract from properties that are occupied um because they sit there they're not really well maintained um, sometimes not maintained really at all, um, which makes a big difference in the neighborhood and kind of can hurt the value of the surrounding neighbors too. So I think that, you know, it's something definitely to look at and definitely still opportunity out there um, if you're looking in the right area. Um, so if you have any questions about foreclosed properties available or anything like that, just email the show, realestatedeal at rider.edu, and I will help you out and try to answer your question. Uh, so we're going to go into our last break of the day. Here from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and also Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. 1077thebronc.com proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year live from the Clarny's Public House Studios at Rider University you're listening to The Real Estate Deal 
I am your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. Connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Email me realestatedeal at rider.edu. Let me know what you think about the show. If you have any questions, any comments, happy to hear them. Uh, and of course, any other information that you'd like to hear about uh, today's show or past shows or anything that you would like to hear on future shows, um, definitely reach out and let me know. Um, actually, too, if you're listening and uh, you are involved in the real estate industry in some way uh, and you'd like to come on as a guest, you can reach out to as well. Just email realestatedeal at rider.edu. Um, so we talked about mortgage rates, of course, we got to talk about them because, uh, they are so low and you need to take advantage. Um, so we also talked about credit scores today as well. Talked about the power and the buying power that a higher credit score can give you and, uh, a little tip on credit utilization and how you can maybe help to increase your credit score a bit, um, through trying to work that utilization down in a couple of different ways, uh, give you one angle how to do that. And also, uh, we talked about foreclosures in the last segment and how uh, five of the top 10 counties are in New Jersey for uh, foreclosures. So definitely take a look at that. And if you're interested in looking at any of those types of properties, uh, you can reach out to me, realestatedealatrider.edu, and certainly help you uh, navigate that and try and figure out if that's the right path for you, whether it's through investing or it's through um, just regular home ownership for yourself, uh, I can definitely try and navigate you and uh, help you out with that. So definitely reach out. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, and this is something I think that comes up every couple of months that we've talked about where the, I guess, definitive real estate market or the opinion of what the real estate market is. And you know, there's always kind of the, I guess, consensus or overarching idea that the spring is like the hot time for real estate. And I'll say it's definitely, it definitely is. I mean, it definitely gets popular, but things have definitely shifted a little bit, I think, in the last couple of years. Um, and this article um, from realtor.com, it looks at, you know, the views online so talking about online hunting and i think that that's something that's obviously looking for a house online is not something that's new but the thinking around how to strategically market a property taking into account how people now search for a home um is not necessarily embraced or understood by everybody yet i was going to say the majority but i don't want to i don't want to say the majority but um you know i think there's still that point of you know uh spring spring market spring market right but you have to remember that uh we talked about this stat on the show and i want to say it was something like something like either 76 percent or like 82 percent somewhere around there um of people who are looking for homes start their home search online and there's actually like a significant amount of time between when they start to look online and when they actually take action and decide to start looking at houses in person and a lot of times all that online search is happening 
prior to even getting um, an agent involved to represent them. So looking at that and looking at when those types of views and hits um, start to spike is definitely a good indicator of when home buyers are starting to get more active. Um, so this year, as we're going into January in just a couple of days, you know, they looked at it and they're expecting a huge surge of home buyers to start looking online in January. And if you look at that over the past like four years, um, so January was one of the highest search months um, in 2019. So in 2015 uh we take and they're taking a look of 2015 2019 so 2015 uh the peak month for average views per listing uh, on realtor.com was april and january was like 16 percent um behind that but in 2019 um january was just one percent lower than february uh, for most monthly views per listing at realtor.com so definitely a shift right and I think what's happening is that as people are now more, I guess, comfortable and accustomed to searching online, not just for homes, but for pretty much everything, uh, it becomes more of a way to casually begin your search than in the past. Because uh, in the past, I know it seemed that there's still like this blend of, I guess, the old way of being able to see houses just um, through an agent um, and then combining that old way with the new way of looking at these houses online. And then, you know, a lot of people will look on the house online and they'll, they'll tell the agent what they want to see. Um, it isn't always necessarily like the agent has these three properties that they picked out for you and takes you to see them. It's a lot of times more. And, you know, I think that that works out well because you know, some people say like, oh, you know, I'm the agent and you know, it's my job to find a house. Like it shouldn't be the client looking so much and this and that. But I think that it works out for both parties in the end uh, because a lot of times, you know, you listen to speaking from an agent perspective. You know, a, a lot of times you listen to client tell you about what they need, uh, what they want in the house. Uh, and then you line up houses based on that. And then you go to the house and then they say like, well, where's, where's this or where's that? And then you say, oh, I didn't realize that was something you wanted or needed to mention. And, and there's different perceptions. So, so for clients now to be able to look on their own and get an idea, it definitely helps um, the agent steer in the right direction because, you know, you may see something specific as an agent about uh, listing that client mentions that they saw online uh, and then you can kind of inquire about that and you can kind of uh, work your way around that a little better and get to that perfect match for the buyer. Um, but uh, this is really interesting, I think. And, you know, not only from just looking at it from a buyer standpoint, but, you know, looking at it from a seller standpoint too, because a lot of times you're looking at people telling you to put the property on the market like in March in preparation for like March or April in preparation for the spring market. But now if you're waiting that long and all this is happening online, then you're missing that whole 
window of opportunity to get exposed to more buyers at the same time. So you're, you're almost like reducing your potential buyer pool um, by waiting that long. So, so it kind of switches that perspective where a lot of times too, I mean, you know, people would actually take their house off the market in the winter because it's, it's, uh, it's winter market. It's slow. It's dead. But even we talked about, I think maybe like two or three weeks ago, uh, probably like two weeks ago, I guess that, you know, November was like super strong for sales. So it just kind of proves to show you that the whole, the whole seasonality myth I think is, is reducing. I wouldn't say that it's fully gone away. Um, because they'll see, you know, busyness in the spring and summer, summer, obviously, um, you know, people in that case, like there's a lot of tendency to want to move at that time, especially if you have kids and you're moving them to different school, anything like that. Um, you don't want to do that really in the middle of the year, um, because of, you know, you don't want to disrupt them. Um, but it's definitely interesting to see the statistic um, and look at this. And I think it's just a case of, you know, people are starting to look sooner. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good thing to do from a consumer perspective as well, because you can create more knowledge before going into the transaction where I think, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but, and I'm, I won't say there's, I know a lot of, or any um, agents that kind of, yeah, because you know the consumers aren't so educated um they necessarily won't won't do the best that they can do um and try to kind of guide them into a house just so they can make a sale and i don't think that's i don't think that's the right thing to do um so you know starting search earlier on a consumer standpoint definitely gives the gives the consumer a stronger hold of the idea and the concept and um, gets them more informed on what's out there and also I think helps to help people understand what it actually costs for the things that they want in a house in terms of the house costs. So so definitely interesting um, thing to think about and we'll definitely continue to monitor that and of course we'll be talking in January so we'll see uh, what actually happens in January if it is uh, does have a surge like they're saying. Um, so going to wrap it up for this week and thank you to our underwriters brad zerby of gateway mortgage group and Coldwell banker shivoni and associates uh we will be back next week with more real estate deal only on 1077 the bronc and 1077 thebronc.com that was this week's edition of the real estate deal with kevin lawton on 1077 the bronc your agent on the airwaves may be done for now but you can catch this show and more on 1077 thebronc.com under the real estate deal tab kevin is on every sunday at 10 a.m talking about everything you need to know about the real estate market the real estate deal is underwritten by brad zerby and mls number 161236 at gateway mortgage group mortgage plus technology makes your path to happiness of owning a home easy and by kevin lawton real estate agent with coldwell banker shiavoni and associates if you had a question about buying selling renting or investing in a home you can like kevin lawton on facebook and follow him on instagram twitter and snapchat at kevin underscore lawton thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the real estate deal only on 1077 the bronc